Welcome to Greenlight, episode 22. I can barely talk. Um, I sound awful. We're going to talk about why I sound awful. We're going to talk about the big NFL news, the surprise retirement uh, that happened today. Stefanski. We're going to hit the Rooney rule at some point in this pod. And I just want to go to bed. This is Greenlight after dark. It is 9 p.m. I wasn't ready for this, but we got to do it. Content to be made. surprise retire from this pod i might surprise retire from this pod bro i've gotten like 18 hours sleep the last two nights how about you seven huh not bad better than i thought yeah but still not optimal nah welcome to episode 22 thank you hey you're welcome this is the emmett smith episode that's right we're grown-ups now over 21 um and this is green light after dark. This is the latest we've shot. My liver is limping over the finish line right now. I'm high T making alongside low T, Chris. Yeah, we gotta do something about this because I am. Uh, How was New Orleans, pal? New Orleans was great. Uh, for those of you listening, again, I am Chris Long, host of this Green Light Pod, uh, and for the loyal listeners. Who also uh, watched the live stream? This is Making Gunner, real estate extraordinaire, live stream extraordinaire, and co-host of this podcast. He did not go to New Orleans. I went to New Orleans to watch uh, the Tigers, all of them. Did you hear a lot of this? Just dueling tiger rags. Is that tiger rag? Yeah, that's not. So, the, so I can do much better. So somebody, but it's late. Somebody said that, and excuse my voice because, as I just mentioned off air, making brag that he has gotten about how how many hours of sleep the past two nights? Eighteen. Yeah, I've gotten seven or so, um, and we'll get into that. But somebody joked that the winner of that game should get Death Valley mm. and the mascot. Mm. Well. Death Valley, I agree with. It's just there's a lot going on that they seem to be kindred spirits, very geographically different. Also, Clemson and LSU fans seem to get along very well. I don't think I saw a single, I don't know, altercation. And I was out on Bourbon Street last night until nearly 4 a.m. The first night I got there, um, I stayed out way too late. You know how like when you get to a trip, you have two, three nights to hang out with your buddies. I had to do some work and I had to make some content, but my boys were down there. Ryan's down there. Rosillo's down there. Um, hmm. Dan, Big Cat, PFT, Stanford Steve, a whole bunch of guys that you don't see a lot. Uh, so it was kind of like the boys are together. Let's hang out. We're not going to miss a night. We're going to go out to dinner at uh, Desi's, which is a wonderful steakhouse. But that dinner turns into, you know, midnight. And then it's like, we make a pact to go out till 2 a.m. We're going to stay awake till 2 a.m. And then that turns into four. And, uh, and I always say, the first night drinking is always worse than, than the second night. I don't know about you. 
You got to break through that wall. I can only do the one. You only do one. Yeah. When did you stop doing two in a row? Oof, 27. 27. Yeah. That's my problem. So that was seven years ago for me. And I can still hang, but this is the result. Yeah, you're usually our ringleader. I mean, were you down there? It sounds like you were being dragged a bit. I was being dragged the first night. Ended up at a casino. Mm. Uh, I don't even gamble at casinos. I'm watching Big Cat play blackjack. Uh, you know, Cutler was down there. Hadn't seen him in a while. Jay. Uh, man, talk about a guy who's very happy. Uh, I, I think Cutler catched a lot of flack for his personality. And some people have issues with uh, his decision-making on the field. I think he's living his best life in retirement. I don't, think he's, I don't think he even misses it. The guy looks like a movie star. Well-dressed, happy, smiling. Also, one thing I like about Cutler is if you're going to be a jerk to drunk fans, just do it. You know, just say, no, I'm not taking a picture with you right now. I kind of respect that. He was that guy. No, he just, he's not, he's like somebody stumbles up drunk and, and wants a picture and an autograph or whatever. He's just going to be like, I don't, I don't really do that. Mm. Which I think is okay. I always go out of my way to take the time, but secretly sometimes I want to be like him. And kudos to him for acting on that. I don't know where you stand on, on uh, ethically answering people's cries for a picture, an autograph at 11, 12, you know, 2 a.m. It can be a little bit cumbersome. Well, it's also the, it's college football con, you know? I guess Jay didn't have the most standout career at Vanderbilt, but you're around football fans. They're going to know who you are. They're going to want a piece of you. You got to figure that. And I'm always, um, I'm always like the opposite. Like I'm afraid to piss anybody off or have anybody be like, yeah, that guy was an asshole. And by the way, on this pod, I'm not going to cuss. Okay. Assholes about all you're going to get. No, asshole. But no F words and no S words. I'm going to get through the whole pod without doing it. Okay. I was thinking about that on my uh, 10 hour ride or trip home t- today. Uh, did, did you did you drive? No, I, I flew and it was uh, there was fog in New Orleans and then fog in Charlottesville. I can attest to the fog in Seaville. We have visibility of about 10 feet outside. It was brutal. And uh, that's what I get to. I mean, listen, it was a business trip. Yeah. Making some content. But to go down there at 34, ambitiously, one night on Bourbon Street. The game, by the way, was terrific. Um, hmm. But for me to do, for me to do two nights in New Orleans, that's what I get. Lesson learned. Uh, long flight home. My voice is gone. I was screaming the whole night. You know, you just scream at people. They're right next to you. I did that for two nights. Um, also, the first night, I almost quit New Orleans. I was back in the room, 3 a.m., and I said to myself, like, what am I doing? I just want to be at home. Like, I could watch this game on the couch. Let me get on kayak. I don't know if you ever get on kayak. Dot com, yep. Yeah. And I'm going to book a ticket and, like, Irish goodbye this trip. Like, not even tell the guys. I'm just going to go to the airport after I do my appearance tomorrow and watch the game on Wi-Fi. You know? Like, I was ready to do that at 3 a.m. Luckily, I rallied, and the second night was much, much better. Um, the game, I never understood going to football games, like personally, because the last 11 years, I don't really get to go to football games. 
Definitely not pro football games. Tried that with Packers, Bears, and my brother's or my brother's game to open the season. I did not like it at all. That game last night, slightly different level of intensity, but it was amazing. I mean, I totally get it. And the atmosphere was like a home game uh, for the the Tigers. What was the disparity? I would say it was 60-40, which isn't terrible. Not bad. Yeah. You know, maybe 60-35. Um, and I was sitting in the LSU section. Uh, and that's a pretty damn cool little thing they got going there mm-hmm. in general. People are very passionate about that football team. Uh, and you know what's cool about seeing the game in person was you got to see everything on the back end. When I watch on TV, you know, like where I could use – some reps watching football now that I'm a fan is watching the back seven. And I don't feel like I really get to watch the back seven on, on TV. I'm always focused on the linemen and being able to see all the route concepts, you know, the coverages and how those skill guys played last night. It was unbelievable. The whole first half. And I had uh, at the very last second, I loaded up on LSU. Good idea. Yeah. Turned out to be, um, it was it was nerve wracking. They were backed up on their goal line, the entirety of the first quarter, but it was like the minute they got off it and they got a break. That that um, that free play they gave Trevor, second possession I think it was, nearly killed him the first half. I mean they were down ten before you could even blink because they never got off their own end zone. But the rest of the game was, it just showed the way they outscored him down the stretch. They're historically good. I mean, you could argue along with maybe the Nebraska teams in the 90s um, who beat a bunch of top 10 teams by like an average score of 30 points um, or the Miami teams, or you could go even further back. But LSU, do you think it's the best team ever? Whew. That's lofty. They're going to lo- lose like nine juniors. And and they also, the box score jumps out when it maybe didn't off the screen at least. I mean, Edwards Hilaire over 100. Mm-hmm. The receiver over 200. Mm-hmm. Chase Jefferson was over 100. Yeah. Burrow was Burrow. And it just, it just, it looks so easy. It wasn't. <laughs> what are you thinking right now? How about 11 in, uh, in orange? 11 in orange is a stud. I wanted to call him an effing stud, but I'm not cussing. Um, he's, he's just fun to watch. Like I said, when I went down to Charlotte and we were sitting there on the field for the ACC championship, he walked by me, and I knew who he was. But at the moment, I had to reshift my understanding of who this guy is as a football player. Because, again, built like a outside backer, runs like a free safety can cover, gets involved in the run game, can add. Like, he does everything. And he had the, 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 the 11 number, and when he walked by me the first time, I knew exactly who he was, but I'm like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Looks like a DN, got a skill number, don't get it. Probably might be the best player on the field. Looked like a New York Giant to me. Um, and we'll see how Burrow shakes out. Right now, gun to your head, is he a, is he gonna be is he gonna live up to the hype or not? I think he'll be good, but not great. Yeah. Okay. That's like, what he looks like. Give me a comp then. Um. Better than Tannehill. Better than new Tannehill. 
Yeah. Or no, Miami. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. better than New Tannehill. I'm all I'm I'm the the big question for me is is and again, Brady, Joe Brady, who we saw today heading up to Carolina, how much of Joe Burrow's ascension in college football this year had to do with the skilled players, Brady's influence, which is essentially Sean Payton's influence, as we were just talking about. And we'll find out. We'll find out if he can overcome likely playing in Cincinnati. You know, I don't know if Taylor's the answer up there. You know, I was texting with somebody today that was like, do you think he he uh, he pulls a uh, an Eli Manning and says, not going to Cincinnati? As an I, Ohio kid? I think that's the only reason. If he was yeah. not an Ohio kid, I would feel awful for him. I'm really excited for him. I think I, I'm biting the cheese. I think he's going to turn that program around somehow. He's just got – Hall of Famer? I don't know about that. What about Andrew Luck? That's a, that's a nice comp. Okay. You know, and I, the thing I like about that comp is that, that, that Andrew Luck was a thrower first, but a great athlete. Yeah. And Burrow – the way he moves in the pocket, he's he's really he's like high hipped, um, moves well with the ball in his hand. I mean that's a skill that not everybody you could be fast or athletic, but moving in the pocket is like a is is a is a second athleticism, and he has that. And some athletic quarterbacks don't move well in the pocket. I mean within the pocket, so uh, he makes plays to extend. I think Luck's a nice a nice comp, um, and also the probably coolest college football player of all time. That's such an interesting call. We got to be wary of recency bias. I don't know, man. With that stogie uh, and the, the brilliant marketing by LSU. And he just doesn't give a, an F. Nice. He seems not to give an F. And I even dug into his tweets like I did the old tweets thing with my breath held. Yeah. All I found was a guy who's actually pretty good at Twitter and has been since like he was in high school, which is remarkable to me. Well, he's smart as hell like. Andy Dufresne. Looks like Andy Dufresne. What we else went, would you expect? Listen, the guy's tweets, I mean, here's what I found. And I didn't want to do the thing where I retweeted his old tweets to invite people to do that, right? Right. Is That it, that, that would be a bad move, right? Right. Even if you like the tweets, because it's inviting it. It's inevitable. People have already combed through them. The reason you haven't heard about it is because there was nothing bad. But there was... I mean, there were tweets, multiple tweets, standing up for NCAA athletes, asking for them to get paid. He he owned Gottlieb. Uh, he was talking about Chris Collinsworth, uh, color commentary, stuff we all do. He's doing this at 18, 19 years old. He's ahead of his time. Um, now, a couple tweets that I thought were controversial. He hates zoos with a passion. Oh, on board. You're on board with that, and I, 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 I don't want to assume, but I assume you think the animals are better off elsewhere. Right. I would agree there, but there are some animals, when you read up on it, that are better off in zoos. Just standing up for... Zookeepers. Zookeepers. Um, also, I felt, I felt seen, and I'll read the tweet in quotes. This is exactly what he said. And I think this is the only red flag here in his entire... Uh, draft stock picture Birkenstocks are the worst thing ever created hmm. I loved him until I read that also hates SEC announcers that was a tweet from like uh, 17 okay um, and then he had one really really bad 
tweet. As a Cavalier basketball fan, please do not trade Wiggins. Yeah, nah, that good trade. That one didn't age well. <laughs> that's the one tweet he wants back. But if that's your bad tweet, if that's your version of a Geronimo Allison tr- tweet or a Josh or Josh Allen, uh, you know, tweet like you're not doing too bad. Are you going to talk about neck on this podcast? Neck? Yeah. Come, come again? It's in your notes. It's a song the LSU band plays. Oh, I don't want to. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall into that trap. I'm not really setting the trap. I just saw it in your notes. One thing that I noticed um, was that, and I've heard this on TV, but it's it's louder in person. Yeah. When they tell you to put your mouth on the tiger unit, um, comma. B-I-T-C-H. It's quite lewd. It's very lewd. I mean, I'm not going to stick my nose up at that, but it was very <laughs> vulgar. And, and people were Think passionate about, the children. about it. Yeah. Think about the kids. The children were probably chiming in. The kids were like, tigers have... All right. Um, but it was an amazing experience. Like that was one of those things that I rallied. I did not book my ticket on kayak. I made it happen. I rallied for the second night. We had a great night. Uh, drank a, a hundred beers, um, and I saw a college football game that I'll always remember. Super cool experience, and there was something magical going on there. There were a lot of people on the sideline. Cowboy Reed mentioned this be, be, before going on. He he hadn't seen so many celebrities or names at a college football game you thought ever. I don't know. Oh, yeah, they did that college football 150. 150. They had a bunch of the top ten up there. Very controversial right now. It is? Oh, yeah. People are not happy with it on the internet. Hmm. Um, and yet Booger McFarlane, I mean, doesn't get much bigger than Booger. Boog was there. Yeah, dude, he was out there for the coin toss. Yep. He might have been you two margs deep. You think? At that point. Was he, was he slurring? I'm talking about you. Oh, me? Nah, he wasn't talking. Oh, so what I had to do yesterday, by the way. Um, <laughs> I went to Bed Bath & Beyond at a nice little Sunday. So we were gone. What'd you get? Uh, shower liner. Organizer. Right, not an organizer. <laughs> I'm going to organize my shower today. I think I'll go to Bed Bath & get a bunch of... Nah, there were some necessary purchases. but So I had to do the ringer pod. Dealing with FOMO, though. So I had yeah, to do that. Yeah, you had to do something. Just yep. keep moving. Yep. Uh, just keep swimming. We had, uh, we had to do the ringer pod. Me and Ryan had to do it, so we both were all out of bed, just like, uh, you know, let's do this pod. I'll meet you at the hotel, all right, so. I don't think you have to alter your voice. That's how you sound right now. Okay, <laughs> that's true. So I get there, and he's got the setup, and we both just feel not unprepared, but when you've been watching the games, hanging out, it's not the same as sitting there with notes. Um, we shot a solid pod. Didn't feel great about it. I always hate every pod I do. You hate it too. Yep. Um, so I leave because I got to go to this appearance on the Louis, Louis Armstrong boat, which is very cool. Nice. I was, like boats. Yeah, it was the coolest boat I've ever been on. Like ships? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a ship. And I'm three hours in, and I'm like three or four Clemson orange margs in. And Rosillo calls. He goes, hey, buddy, what you up to? And I'm like, nothing. Like, why, do you, why are you calling? Something's up. He goes, oh, how would you feel about doing that podcast again? And I was like, man, it was that bad, huh? 
He's like, nah, that's not really it. I was like, so what do you mean? He goes, we didn't get the audio. Wild. Over an hour of hard-hitting analysis from your boy and Double R. Had to do it again. Happy to do it again. But when I got in the room, I was like, I'm kind of almost drunk now. Um, and I've kind of said this stuff already. We, so I, I, yeah, I've told you, I, I don't listen to that particular podcast. Yeah. Don't care for uh, Ryan one bit. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Close close friend, dear friend. Dear friend, Priscilla. friend of the program. Yeah. There's two, no competition here. Two S's, two L's. Um, I listened. Yeah. To, I don't know what day it is. It's nearing Wednesday. Yeah. Here in Seaville, mm-hmm. Chalk headquarters. I thought you sounded great. Maybe, Thank you. Maybe the Marg's loosen you up a bit. Oh, maybe. I appreciate that. Yeah. But you know, when you're sitting there and you know you're, you're kind of drunk already, and it's day two drunk, like where your faculties are kind of like, it's not the ideal time to do a pod, especially with the very critical ringer bros that listen to the ringer. Apparently they needed the a, river. a bit more of a critical uh, ringer producer down there in New Orleans. Apparently uh, something happened with the audio. What um, if he had just said, hey, man, Chris, you just, you weren't bringing it. Can we run it back? I would have said I'd be happy to because I hated it. Yeah. Um, and I would have, probably been just as bad the second time so i did two pods uh did some the little content with big cat uh and it was great i I do want to do a quick positivity shout out i want to start doing some positive stuff one of my new year's resolutions is to be less negative okay how am i doing fair okay that didn't seem real positive but uh i want to shout out jason van camp green beret decorated great dude natural born leader Came up to Killy with me. He's got a book coming out. Uh, it's called Deliberate Discomfort. You can get it on Amazon. Actually, I read it because he was gracious enough to mention your boy in there. Mm. And I was like, I got to read it to see if I sound like a huge... I, I got to want to cuss right now. I want to see if I sound like a baby in the midst of all these like military heroes he's listing in the book. And then there was this charitable jerk named Chris who exactly. played football. Who was a wimp. Is yeah. it? Uh, but actually, he, he, uh, he was great. I mean, he, for a guy to be Army football player, Green Beret, philanthropist, um, here was a guy that when I summited last time, I had to fall back behind because I was trying to get Haloti Nada up the mountain, which was the most challenging couple of hours of my life. Um, and our group kind of breaks off in different groups sometimes. And guys, you have to stagger the, the summits because some guys are guys and girls could be amputees. They could be moving at a different pace. You got to get them up and down quicker. Some guys might be moving a little slower because they're 340 pounds like Haloti, heaviest man to ever summit, probably the heaviest man at 20,000 feet ever in the history of mankind. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say at that altitude, heaviest man of all time. Anyways, Jason and James King um, go up to the top. They summit. They're coming back down the mountain. They've been walking about 15, 20 minutes. When 15, 20 minutes at the top of that mountain is hell. And they turned around and summited twice with us because that's the type of guy that Jason Van Camp is, that James King is, and, uh, and that should tell you everything about him. I mean, for him to be Army, football, Green Beret, do all the charitable stuff he does, and now be an author, congratulations to him. Go check out the book. He's a really bright guy and a good guy. Steve Gleason, again, I mentioned it. He's getting a uh, Congressional Medal tomorrow in D.C. I'm really excited to go see him. Um, 
So shout out to Steve Gleason. You deserve that more, dude. Pearl Jam, tour and album coming out. Six-year hiatus. I know you don't care for Pearl Jam, or do you? Pearl Jam's fine. What's your favorite Pearl Jam song? I'd be happy to tell you my favorite Pearl Jam song. Can you do it in under three seconds? Yes, I'd be happy to. My one, favorite two, one is Daughter. Oh, is it? Yep. What's your favorite part of that song? Uh, the middle. Yeah? Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, probably Immortality. Okay. Um, anyways, or Release. Release, Immortality. Um, I've got a long list. It's really I'm hard. I'm sure you do. I know. Um, sorry for liking music or, or being positive about anything. Uh, please suck the energy right out of this podcast. I'm sucking the energy out. <laughs> um, also Diego, the turtle, very important turtle was brought from, <laughs> <laughs> he's a giant tortoise. I think he was brought from the Galapagos islands Oof. to try to help save the species. He was oh, 80 years ago. Too. He's a hundred years old. This dude made 800 turtles offspring out the wazoo he's like a benevolent genghis khan mm. i mean think about all i mean genghis khan many offspring but also did a lot of negative things this turtle diego done nothing but positive and they're going to bring him back to the islands now at 100 years old so he, he can go off and make more offspring not interested in Diego the turtle? When we were in high school yeah, and we had to be awakened by yeah. our parents, yeah. Mare once uh, woke me up with a uh, box turtle she had found in the driveway. Yeah, She's like, wake up, and then right in my face was this turtle. And I had this weird sort of fear of turtle. They do that slow neck extension and like a snap. Yeah. Dr. Fax has had a snapping turtle from the James River for well over a decade. In his possession? Dr. Fax, Nate Collins, NFL player, also green light spot, or uh, what, what do you call that? Moonlighter. Um, yeah, spot relief guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a relief pitcher. And Dr. Fax has a snapping turtle that we drunkenly took home on the river well over a decade ago, and that thing grew to be pretty big. He had to send it to his dad to take care of. Mm. <laughs> hey, Dad, I don't know what you'd rather get. Your kid's dog because he doesn't have the time or energy or a snapping turtle. Um, nobody wants a surprise dog. You definitely don't want a surprise snapping turtle. Where, where, where are you on the Odell fake money thing? First question, is it fake? So it looked very real to me on the field. And of course, for those of you listening, Odell came out on the field after the game, gave uh, a couple players what looked like a bunch of C notes. Um, with cameras everywhere. Then they're claiming, LSU's claiming eight hours later that it's fake money, which would beg the question, what was the point? Yeah, well, hey, pay the players. It is a nice stunt. It's, an, it's a nice stunt. I would hope that the players knew that they were getting paid before they got paid. The compliance, NCAA compliance folks are no joke. No, I know. So what I don't want to see collect. We all know that the, the, the vacated national title Clemson has won. We, we the all 2020. We all know. I mean, I, I think I assume we align exactly the same on amateurism in college sports. I don't know. 
I mean, should we pay players? It's pretty simple. Yes. Okay. You 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 hesitated. It is a hesit. It's a hesitant. Yes. We can get into another time. We'll get but into it's another yes. time. Yours is a yes. Yes. And okay. and to me, like I don't know how we figure it out. Isn't really the question I'm asking. It's 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 should guys be paid for putting on that show last night and making a bunch of people a bunch of money? Right. Not just the TV deals, all that. Like every city, these guys play bowl games in the hotels. Yeah. You know the the the. The, the great city of Miami in the Orange Bowl, your favorite city? Miami in quotation marks. Miami Gardens. My Hollandale somebody, Beach, somebody Hollywood, else, Florida. Somebody else said that this weekend. Oh, yeah? I swear to you. We were they, sitting at dinner, and I forget who it was. Maybe it was Steve. He was like, I don't know, man. Like, Miami, it's hard to figure out because you don't know if you're in Miami when you're in Miami. It was it, probably just a listener to the pod. Steve would make sense. So Odell handing the guys fake money, evidently. I get the camera thing. I just hope he tipped them off because I'd hate it. If one of them gets in, and I know they're done, so in essence, it's fine. But I hate if if they became collateral damage to the stunt, which could be a stunt that might move the needle. I doubt it. The the needle's not moving. Uh, it doesn't seem. He's not be changing Dabo's mind. No, Dabo. That stunt. The funniest thing is I saw there was a meme that I retweeted, which people got mad about. Uh, of Dabo yelling at his players in a big circle, probably from the pregame, and it said, uh, "And this is after the game. That's why. That's why we don't pay y'all." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so poor Dabo slept on all year, uh, only to go play a road game because he—I don't know how many times he he pointed that out—and um, get their butts kicked by the real Tigers. LSU is looking into whether Odell Beckham Jr. handed out novelty money to players. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, the big news in football, and I've got a special guest coming up here in a little bit, John Phillips, longtime uh, NFL stud and Virginia Cavalier, um, good buddy of, I mean, we call him friend of the program, right? Oh, yeah. He'd never been here, um, but we're, I'm going to sit down with him and talk to him about you know, he'd been on the Saints. I want to talk to him about Drew Brees. I want to talk to him about the hires in Dallas. He played in Dallas. And Antonio Gates was a big retirement today. He played with Antonio in San Diego um, for a long time. So he knows Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates. The surprise retirement today, we just learned about it as we're firing up the pod, was Luke Keekley. Yep. Luke Keekley, 28 years of age, eight years in the NFL, 2012 NFL draft, calls it a career just as we were going to tape. So I think I think it's a concussion thing, definitely, right? We haven't read anything. We're we're talking about this blind. And he put out a three minute video. We haven't listened to it. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. I mean the guy the guy had a lot of scary impact hits um over his career already. Um and you know, there was one that he was visibly shaken coming off the field, and I don't know if that was a concuss concussive symptom. He was crying on the field. Um, but when you see guys exhibiting those symptoms, I think nowadays you have no choice but to confront it head on because the minute a guy gets dinged, you know at home, the camera goes to him. It's like when you watch the Baylor QB um, in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia. It's not just – you don't just see on the, the bottom of the screen out with a concussion. You see what he looks like when he gets up. You see that it took minutes for him to get off the field. 
he looks confused, disoriented. His fourth concussion on the season, right? Or on the season or in his career. Oh, golly, Chris. Had he, a bunch. Yeah, he's had a bunch. Um, Luke, the same way. You see those symptoms. It's scary. Um, this is a bright guy, very bright guy by all accounts. Probably football for him, although he's one of the he could have been one of the best to ever play the game at that position. And for a short bit there, in my opinion, he was one of the best players I've ever seen in my time in the league and played the game the right way, but a ton of high-impact collisions. And look at uh, Van Der Esch today, next surgery. Mm-hmm. That's a career that might not go on a while the way he plays the game. Uh, it's a rough position playing at that second level. The hits are scary. These DBs coming downhill, linebackers coming downhill. The collisions are different than 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 uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, and I can't blame him. He seems like football for him is just part of the puzzle. It's not everything. ACC Defensive Player of the Year in 11 at Boston College, Defensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL in 2012, 2013, Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL, seven-time Pro Bowler. Amazing, amazing, amazing resume and a class dude. Um, you know, it, it reminds me on a, on a much larger scale and a more surprising scale. I don't know what's more surprising, the Andrew Luck thing or this one. I think probably this one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would say Luck, but interestingly enough, same draft, 2012. But the problem was with Andrew, there were all these injuries, and it had been a tough couple years. I think more surprising, I guess, would be the timing of Andrews right before the season. Yeah, that, the, yeah, that was the surprising part. I wasn't even thinking about him retiring. Yeah. You know, I I don't know if people in Carolina knew it. I don't know if it had something to do with the the changes and you know in coaching and saying this would be a good time to 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 bow out. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to who they hired as an offensive coordinator because he has to do with with LSU. I mean, we're gonna find out. Can I read you some names in this yeah. draft? Yep. Luck went one. RG three went two. You have Keekley at nine to Carolina. Stephon Gilmore at ten. Yeah. To the Buffalo Bills. Fletcher Cox at 12. Mm-hmm. Michael Brockers at 16. Brockers at 14. 14. Uh, Boom Tower, 25. Pats. Good players. Um, really good players in that draft. Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. 39. Jay Jenks lockdown. To the Rams. Alshon at 45. A lot of guys who you've played with in this Yeah, and also that, that just goes to show you how old we are because that class, you got guys retiring yeah. and looking old. And there, and to me, I, I remember are. sitting at a, a bar in St. Louis watching that draft because I was seeing who we were going to take. We took Brock. I remember Fletch getting drafted. So time flies, and it's never a bad. It reminds me on on a larger scale of Chris Borland. Chris mm-hmm. Borland was a tremendous linebacker right out of the gate in San Francisco. Um, Wisconsin guy, a very cerebral guy. Seemed like football was again. Part of the puzzle, not everything. So when he retired, like two, three years in, it's a guy that I thought would play 10, 12 years. It was a shock. And he kind of was one of the first guys to say, I'm out. Now, Barry Sanders obviously being one, but explicitly talking about head trauma and health con- concerns, we're getting more and more guys who are saying, no more. One year for Chris Borland. Yeah, one, one year. Crazy. And he was so good. Played in 14 games. He was so good right out of the gate. Yep. Um, so it's a trend. You got to monitor. I think nowadays, now the guys are getting more taken. When I talked to my dad about this, when he was a player, you had to grind for 12, 15 years to make your money. 
you know, he was defensive player of the year making a million dollars. Um, and for, for me, you know, high draft pick or any of these guys, you're set after your first contract. So for me to get my second contract, that's icing on the cake for me. It's big money again, but you're good. I could retire. I, I, I could have walked away if I wanted to. I don't know how I would be if this trend came five, six years earlier because it was always in the back of my mind like maybe I should step away. Maybe it's not worth it. And then eventually you play too long and you're like, damage is done. What's three, three more years going to do? So kudos to anybody who has the balls to make this decision and go against the grain. In five, ten years, this might be a lot more normal. Yep. That's um, well said. I'm going to get into the hires today. Um, I'm going to get into Stefanski, obviously the uh, head coach of the, uh, the Browns at this point, um, the 10th since 1999. Boy. Yeah. We're going to talk about Joe Brady a little bit more, and I feel like there was another hire. Um, I'll get there. But I'm going to have JP on. I'm going to let you get home and get, get some rest. You're very gracious to come in here and – Hey, man. Bring the energy. Anything for you. But lights out for me at 10 p. Yeah, so it's 9.34 p.m. We've got uh, the boss hog, JP, in here. We've got big John Phillips in the chair here. John, you just that's a microphone. You just speak into it. Yeah, I got that. I got that. <laughs> He's media ready. Uh, John Phillips, how many years in the league? Eight, nine, nine. Ten. 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 You shortcut me, man. Come on. Yeah, ten was a big uh, – Ten, ten a was big, a big uh, – Big my, landmark for milestone me. for you yeah. and you started in dallas i did drafted in dallas 2009 then you ended up in san diego next yeah four in dallas and then i went to san diego three there and then new orleans well i was i was in denver for eight games and the last eight games that year i was in new orleans re-signed with new orleans for another year and then last year arizona so your voice sounds great yeah i feel good i mean i wasn't at, up at 4 a.m <laughs> boozing last night so who said i was boozing i did say i had 100 beers yeah i um, think you did uh yeah. so we lived at the meat mansion which was a house full of eight dudes uh senior year my senior year yeah. in fry springs legendary place great mythical figure here not just it, at uva as a tight end and for a while there we were tight end you yeah we were turning them out i mean you had heath estes uh, Tom Santee, Stupar played for a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were really churning them out. Linebackers and tight ends were That's really popular. That's kind of what we did, and, and yeah, offensive really linemen. Yeah, I mean, we, like, grow that, like, five years there, man. I felt like we were putting multiple guys, like, handfuls of guys into the league um, consistently. I mean, I would rank us up those couple years with almost any team on the East Coast, really. Yeah, it, it was, like, listen, we, we were good. We were, like, an 8-9 win team when we could be we we're seven no okay so we won nine games my senior year right yeah we were nine and three and then we lost the bowl texas tech we won seven the, the five the year before five and seven the year before and seven right. in the music city bowl year which yeah. would have been your freshman year yeah, that was my first year so we were a good team but we weren't as good as probably our our professional 100%. stock because we did yeah. have some good pros make you take care bud y'all take care okay <laughs> so and uh, for any of you watching on YouTube, JP is wearing pants. They're just camouflage. Absolutely. 
I mean, I watched the show, a few, you know, the show, and you're always in sweatpants. So you looking, do have a computer. Yeah, but you know, you're you always comfortable. And I'm sitting there, and this is like I'm hanging out. You know, put the kids to sleep. I'm like, he's comfortable. I'm gonna be comfortable. Got to be comfortable. And this is a comfortable guy. Yeah. But I will say, when when we were in school, we had better pros. I think Al Gro did a great job of taking what he knew about the pros and looking at it through that lens, and he knew how to recruit guys that would that would project very well to the next level yeah. especially in the front seven um defensively and offensively on the line yeah he had a, he had a model and that's what and that's what he wanted and you know years later you talk to him at weddings and on the phone and and we do a lot yeah like the he's more of like a a mentor now and um you just find out like he had a specific type of player that he wanted you know and he always like big tall fast you know oh, yeah like, he's that's a measurable guy yeah. like like wanted an Al davis the, yeah wanted all the tangibles yep. but he wanted to build an nfl style team and you know when he recruited me that was that was his pitch he was like you want to play in the nfl right. you want to play tight in the nfl you need to come to virginia and play in a pro style offense i mean i remember going to dallas and as a rookie we're installing the same offense that i ran for four years i mean it's right a lot of the similar packages, a lot of the same like words, concept-wise. Um, I mean, and for a 16-year-old kid, you're like, hey, you're going to make a lot of money to play tight end in the NFL. Just can come you here. can you run a pro style? And I wonder about this now because I thought some of listen, some of our schemes were so pro style it was hard. Like, and that was before the 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 air raid stuff really took over. Yeah. So you get away with a little bit more. Can you still run a pro style? you know, college program? I mean, I, I think you can, and I th- but you have to be successful. Right. Because everybody wants the big scores now. Right. Everybody wants the big bombs, the big West Coast, you mm-hmm. know, let it fly, go. But, I mean, look at the Titans right now in the NFL. They're just matching up. Like, I think the speed of the game to match up with the air assault, like, you're getting these smaller linebackers who can run, and if you can build a team that can put a fullback in there big guys and just go right at them heads up I mean, some of these guys you can run a four four but can you take on a fullback in the hole well and and like, that's you know the thing I mean? it's almost like because it is a copycat league some people get so down that that road that if somebody breaks the mold and can do that effectively what yeah. derrick henry's doing right now and that's an anomaly yeah there's only been a few big backs like that yeah true that, true but I mean, it's you have to be successful yeah i think if you do it because if you're not successful, you're going to get crushed in the media mm-hmm. on social media about because it's by the analytics it's not, crowd. Yeah, now, it's not it's, like, it's not pretty. Yeah, I mean, getting four yards isn't pretty anymore. Yeah, yeah. Sustained drives is not something like it's not. You're on your fantasy guys. They're yeah. going to like you know. What I mean, yeah. when you build your team, you know, inside out. I mean, like your your guards, like a really smart center. You know, guys that can do all these combinations. But I mean, you can be. I think you can be very successful. I think if your run game is dominant i think this is classic 101 football if your run game is dominant then your play action game is crazy like you get well, a fast the guy the that Vikings can hold up. got where they got this year yeah. i mean and you know the stefanski thing came up um and we can get to that but talking about trends obviously tight end here and more of a throwback tight end you could block your ass yeah. off not everybody can do that anymore in fact other than kittle you know, yeah, Kittle gets after it. I actually, I actually enjoy watching him play because he sticks his face in there. Like he's, he's not just doing it to get through. Like he's legit trying to to drive guys off the ball. Yeah. Like finish guys, yeah. laugh, shove. I mean, he's as a tight end who played the position. Like I actually enjoy watching him. But go. the only reason he's allowed to do that is because he can catch the football the way he catches the football. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. 
I, even in my 11 year career, when I got there in the beginning, I would play like that guy in San Diego, that big guy uh, with the long last name, uh, Polynesian dude. San Diego? Well, yeah, he was in San Diego, he was before you. He was about oh, two, before two, me, okay. 285, 300 pounds, tight end. Algie Crumpler. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. You know, guys like that. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there were even Pettigrew. Like, I remember guys Pettigrew. like that. That was in my class. He was more, he yeah, could block. Yeah. He was long. Big, and he was a big guy, too. Big guy. Big. Like, guys, are they're going away from that. So where do you see the next five and ten years going offensively in general for that position? It seems like it's been maximally important from a passing standpoint, but these guys are basically wide receivers. Yeah, I think it's shifted, like, especially in my career. Um, it started shifting. You had those basketball guys, like we're going to yeah. talk about Gates and – you know, Gonzalez, you come with these basketball guys and it's all of a sudden like these mismatches can be exploited. Like we can exploit defenses with these mismatches. Right. And in my career, it, it separated so much where it's like, hey, we need like a guy who can block in the run game and then we just need a guy who can run. Right. And we'll just create these mismatches and if he can just hold up a little bit in the run game, like kind of keep you play a little bit honest. Just position block. Yeah, just like position block, backside then we can get you on a linebacker or we can get you on a safety, get matchups that we like, get guys in space. And I think you have these type of athletes that are coming out now, like bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, I played with the guy, um, Ladarius Green, who literally ran like a 4-4, but like a long strider. Like when, yeah. when he got his engine up and he got his stride down, I mean, he was gone. He was hard to catch. He caught like a basic against the Chiefs and it's a house call. Yeah. Two safeties converge and it's like, mm -hmm. And that's, once again, that's kind of where it's going, that big play, that home run threat. Now, you mentioned that there is a trend on the other side of the ball where I think sl slower trending, but real defensive ends are harder to find anymore. Guys that play both the run and the pass. And yeah. I think that's – Cam. So so as Cam, Cam Jordan, Cam, oh, Cam's he's, one. He's a beast. I think he's – Bosa's one now. Yeah. Uh, both Bosa's. Yeah, both Bosa's. Uh, now, and there's there's a number of guys we're forgetting, but I, those trends coinciding, I think it's going to allow tight ends to get away with it in the, in the run game because, as you can see, and listen, Everson Griffin's no slouch in the run game, yeah. but it didn't look like either of those guys were real interested in playing a cutoff block Sunday or Saturday it was uh, in San Francisco. They were getting big movement. Kittle was getting big movement mm -hmm. on those guys. And you know as well as anybody, that six technique, that's easy. Yeah. That's where you want the guy head up on a reach block. Yeah. And you get the bump from well, that state. zone scheme, yeah, too. Yeah, the zone like, scheme. That way you can double up to him. You get the you got a bumper with your tackle coming with you. Like everybody's going in unison. You know, Sean Payton, Sean Payton used to always be like ride the wave. You know, I mean you have thousand pounds of bodies moving in this wave and you just like a surfer, think of a surfer. Let that running back get in there and then just ride the wave. Right. And, you know, when you get in a six technique, that's, that's a disadvantage. That's, that's stealing for a tight end because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take an outside footwork. When I hit that edge, my tackle is going to engulf you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm on the linebacker. Well, all you need to do is, so. and it's not even so much, it's not the bump on the shoulder from the tackle. And for those of you listening, it's when you're engaged with six technique, six technique is the head up defensive end. Oh. And I talked about this the last two pods. I thought that was a big mistake by Minnesota not getting their guys on the edges a little bit more. I know it's not what they do, but you know, play them in a tight nine. Let the support guy, yeah. you know, play that that big C. Even if it gets a little big, I'd rather do that than get the the end washed 
and five yards off the ball. Um, now, you look at tight ends changing. Okay, Kittle's an, an anomaly. But what does he do well when you see him blocking? I think I think he's just aggressive. Like, his his initial strike, like, he's very aggressive. He, he's low, plays with a good pad level. But, you know, blocking is a lot of effort. Yeah. Like, blocking, you really got to, especially, like, these tight ends. You're talking about these pass catching tight ends. Like, a lot of it is you don't want to break your hand or right. get hurt. Like, right. I remember talking to guys that, like, I just don't want to break a finger in there. Yeah. But he throws his face in there. Like, he's... He's got good footwork, but he really explodes off the ball. He's low, and he just gets into your chest. His hand like he just really get, good. Yes, I'm saying he gets into your chest, and he like runs his feet really well. Like, um, you know, a lot of guys that can explode off and get tossed. You got these guys can kind of miss, but he's such a good athlete that he can explode off. And, he's in balance. Yeah, the counter guys like the Von Millers of the world are just straight counter punchers. I remember when I used to play him. I'm like, he's so quick, but. He's really just wanting to counter off your leverage. He's wanting you to lunge, get you a little off so he can go around. And the minute we take that, we call it a club or it yeah. would be a crash. We had an option in Philly where it was basically, it is up to you. Now, sometimes they'd, they'd sell it as, hey, it's up to you. Take that inside move on tight end on an out block anytime you want. But then if, if, if you got gashed, if, no, if you got <laughs> gashed, no, no, it was, it was like, no repercussions, just do it decisively, and a support player will play off you, and then you get gashed, and you'd be like, oh, well, you should have, you got to tell the support player. So, oh, yeah. you know, and by the way, yeah. I think support players who, who are five yards off the ball should be good enough at football to be able to adjust to your movement if you're decisive, but what you're speaking of is totally true. Taking that crash or, or you know, making a tight end whiff once early in the game takes a lot of lead out of his pencil yeah. And he's not going to be, but Kittle is never out of balance. Good so balance. I don't think you can, I don't think you can crash him. I haven't seen him, you know, land on his face yeah, because he gets swam inside, but maybe once all year. So yeah. I think he does a pretty good job. I yeah. love, I love your point. Cause I played in Denver um, for that half a year. And I remember talking with Vaughn and I used to be like, you know, you're annoying to play with cause he does that inside move. Yeah. You know, you're doing an outside zone to him. You're supposed to, you're supposed to widen. Like you're in a nine technique. You yeah. have contain, and he'll just, he just looked at me, just straight stone cold. He's like, they pay me to get sacks and tackles for losses. Yep. He's like, if I go inside and y'all gash me for twenty, yep. nobody's saying anything. They're saying go make plays. Depends on your contract. Like though. exactly, like big, like big players, like have that leeway. And for a guy like me who's really technical, they're annoying. Like. You know, you go play the Steelers, they're going to be in contain. You, mm -hmm. you do outside footwork, they're going to do outside footwork. Mm -hmm. You're going to widen them. Like, um, so those guys are always – they're always fun. It's kind of a challenge. I always, always like playing Vaughn because he does so much stuff well. But Who was the biggest nightmare? I'm going to tell you what. The guy I always say is, is DeMarcus, a good friend of mine, DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. And uh, I played with him four years in Dallas. And the battles I had with this guy in practice that nobody will ever see – when it's like inside run and I'm the young guy, like just trying to earn my stripes. Yeah, which which and I'm which just can going be hard. For the older guys. Yeah, and I'm going at him hard, and it's now it's pass rush time, and they're putting a tight end with like one of the best pass rushers of the game. Like he he's just so explosive, like so strong, so explosive, like and long. Yeah, just yeah, good hands. I mean, I remember him doing single leg squats with like. 315 and it looked like it that's was like stupid. the bar and that's it's just so like stupid. it's just dumb with the bar like that smith machine you know yeah, what i'm talking stupid. about where it's, it's kind of sitting there it's ridiculous but he was just he was so good and i just have so much respect 
And like I said, that's a lot of me playing against him in practice for four years. I mean, just a nightmare. And I heard those Dallas practices are tough. Oh, they were grinders. They were grinders. Now, Wade was good. I mean, Wade, back end of his deal, you know, Wade was a player's coach. He really took care of you. But when Jason got in there, Jason was real um, physicality, inside run, is live. You're in pads. You're beating it up. Do you think they up. ever got worn down? Do you think – I mean, like, do you think there was ever an element to that team – I Where think certain players needed, but I, hard. well, like I think it made certain players really good. Like I remember when Tyron got there, you know, he's a left tackle, he's the young kid. Like they would bring in pass rushers just to wear him out. Like yeah. they would bring in guys off the street. Like you just got to give this guy a speed guy, and then they'd bring a guy off the street that was physical or strong, just to make him kind of the player he is. And I think that's really good for young players. the The counter side of that is when you have some older guys on your team, yeah. and you're still just beating them up and they've got all these games on their bodies, shoulders, knees. I mean, it can be, it can be tiring for guys. Um, I understand the philosophy. Like I understand the philosophy of like, yeah, you need the physicality. Like we want to be the more physical team, kind of our DNA, our well, identity, like the, but yeah, it, it's it, kind of like, as, as I got older too, I'm just like, man, those are some, those are some grinders, you know, even the drills, like, you know, I always talk about people with like our wrists. We used to do ball carrying drills with D linemen with clubs like punching our wrists. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was some unnecessary punches on the yeah. wrist. Yeah. Um, like every Friday. And the but, older you get, the more you're like, I don't I know what it's doing, but uh, I don't need I could go sit over there during this drill. Yeah. And 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 that's the problem is it coaches and you saw the Joe Judge press conference the other day. He says pads, he says live tackling. Yeah. And you lead with that in the press conference. If I'm an older guy over 30 and I like Joe Judge, I'm sitting there at home like, darn. <laughs> like, I have to deal with this guy? Like, that's what it's going to be about. But I will say, to a coach's credit, it's hard to tailor a practice plan to everybody on the field. I'll tell you what. I really like, once again. You can't I'll- treat every – because the 32-year-olds are going to be yep. like one attitude about a yep. drill – 23-year-olds, it doesn't matter what you think. You're 23. I'll tell you what. I, I got to refer to Sean again, Sean Payton on this, and he's just – he would be in camp, and New Orleans camps are just – I heard they're awful. brutal. You're outside. Like, you can't underestimate the humidity. Like, in the middle of summer in New Orleans, like, they're awful, and they're grinders. But Sean will get up in the meetings and be like, young guys, like, y'all got to go. Yeah. Like, I got to see it every day from you guys. Yeah. He's like, you older guys, you guys pushing 30, like – I don't got to see it every day, I see it but when I got to see it, like, and he would let you know, he'd be like, today I need to see it. Yeah. He'd be like, guess what, guys? We're going to do two, you know, these drills. We're going to do two of these live periods. He's like, I need to see it. You older guys, I got to see it today. Like, you don't have to show it to me every day. Right. Like, but if I got to see it eventually, and I got to see it multiple times in camp. I'll give you some heads up. Young guys, y'all don't have a choice. Y'all got to go. So, you know, when I was a free agent once or twice, I used to take the Saints, not off my list, but just because I heard the camps were, and here I am coming off two injury-riddled years. I'm like, the last thing I need is to go down there <laughs> in the bayou and just get It's hot, man. And it's, just getting it's, when you, like, we even would do the- milligrams of CTE every day. We would do the walkthroughs, like, in the indoor, and you would just walk out to start practice and, like, the sweat, like just immediate back sweat. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's nothing, it's worse. just like swampy, like your whole body's swampy. And I mean, I'm one of those guys, like, I really did love football. I like, and saying, I love, I thought you were gonna like, say I'm one of those guys that done shower. No, oh gosh, <laughs> heck no. 
uh, you couldn't stand me in a meeting, but like, I literally love the grind and I think it's a necessity, especially for a little bit of camp, but there's no doubt when you get older, I mean, it was some, it was some, some intense practice. Buddy, you should have seen me when I was 33, 34. <laughs> you would have been proud of me. Um, cause I was not, um, I was not interested in doing the, uh, now when camp in camp, I'm all about the first two weeks. I got to prove myself every year. And yeah. I'm gonna be competitive. You can't put me out in the team period without me being competitive. Yeah, but, but you, and we but, were also in different different deals. I mean, I was more of a special teams, do what I'm told, yeah. and that's kind of my mo. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna work I'm gonna work I'm gonna drive the whole unit. You know, I think that's part of the reason. You know, they got me into Arizona last year. It's like, yeah. hey, when I come in, I'm working. Like I like I really believe you get in shape and practice. Like you run your routes hard. Like you really grind. Like you really do it. And I I really do love it. I mean, I loved everything about the game. I love the practices. I actually liked, really did enjoy the hard practices because they are hard. And when yeah. you got done with them, like you really did something. You feel accomplished. Yeah, like when there you got done with the practice, camp. it's like, man, it was that was a grinder. Like you're sitting around with your boys yes. in your in your locker, like you'd be with your D-line yes. or, you know, I'd be with the tight ends be like, boys, that was a that was a doozy. So did you like early, did you like early practices in I did. camp? I did. Yeah, see, I did. see, I'm cool with that, but don't make it before 8 a.m. Yeah, I like I, need, I, I like getting out there at like to shake nine. off the the cobwebs in the morning. Yeah, and, but you also understand the later the day gets, the hotter, the it, hotter gets. it gets. So man. was there like a story down there in uh, where would they have camp in Metairie or yeah, right there at the facility or the Greenbrier, which I wasn't there then, but okay. that was close to my home. So That's close to hometown. two two part question was there was the, well I'll, I'll start with this was there one anecdote that you could share with me about camp in New Orleans to illustrate how hot and you know just brutal it was i mean uh off the top of my head is this was before i got there but they tell a story drew tells a story of the conditioning test most teams do a conditioning test like yeah. the first day of camp mm -hmm. and you know sean does a lot of, a lot of different it's a lot of like crossfit like he's a big crossfit guy like push the sled and finish it with you know push-ups like right. all these different variations and obviously four cycles four quarters typical nfl thing mm -hmm. but they were like like the year before I got there, they did this CrossFit thing outside, yeah. I think. And they sent like three guys to the hospital. No. Like they had like some heat strokes. Like they sent no. like a couple guys to the hospital. They were like, people were literally like just die, like not, well, like, I mean, not literally dying, but they were just dropping. And they were just like, maybe this is a little bit much man, for day one in, in the heat in New Orleans. I'm like, man. Listen, like, you remember Beelan, right? Oh, yeah. And that's our boy yeah. uh, at, at Virginia. But I remember we were practicing down in the hole. And and if you're no. a if you're a football player, the lower the altitude at your practice field, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. So a lot of these fields are dug in in Earth City, Missouri, where I practiced, and that wasn't New Orleans, but it was rough. I mean, it was north of 100 a lot of days. And when you hear the trainers hearing that little yellow thing around with the heat oh, yeah. index on it, and they say 120. Or one twenty-five, or like, yeah. you're like, is this safe? At at Virginia, though, we used to do Oklahoma drills, and like college practices are brutal. College camps, you look back and you say, my body right now, I could not do it physically. I could not do it, and you did them for a month straight, and there were two days every day. That was and different. Al Grow ran camp yeah, the two like, days. Now Full you, pads. You two only days. had one year of the old CBA. Uh, two. Two. And two of the camps where it was full pads, and then they did the new one. And so the, our, 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 went two, one, our two, careers, one. we were kind of lucky, but we also got the foundation where we mm -hmm. saw what it was like to have two-a-days in the pros. But in college, it was brutal. And one day, 
uh, one of our coaches was down there yelling at somebody who was doing a full body cramp, laying on the ground. You know, when you see a guy in a full body cramp, you know the story, right? <laughs> yeah, I love the story. So, I love the story. So, so it's 105 <laughs> degrees. We're in the hole doing Oklahoma drills. This is probably the 10th iteration of the Oklahoma drill. Like, after a while, I was like, I was numb to doing Oklahoma. We used to do a drill called two-spot, which was just, we, Al Gro would stop, start every practice with two-spot. It was two dudes in stances, whistle, boom. Yep. Like, just. Every position. Every like, position. Like, receiver, DB, offensive lineman, D lineman, tight cold, end, linebacker. Like, it could be hot. It could be week, se- you know, not week 17. It could be week 10. It could be training camp. You're starting with that drill, uh-huh. and you do it over and over again. Anyways, we're doing, um, you know, Oklahoma. Dude, of course, full body cramp. And if you've seen a guy deal with a full body cramp, there's nothing you can do about it. Because what happens is it starts in your in your calf, then you reach down for your calf, and your tricep goes, and then you're sideways, and then your oblique goes because you're twisted inside, and then you're on the ground, and you can't yeah. move. And it's the scariest thing. I've seen guys on, on planes get full body cramps. It's it's scary when you're in the moment, but I just can't help but laugh because I've seen but so many funny. of them. Like but it's after funny because the you know they're going to be the, okay. Yeah, in the moment, you're like, oh, gosh, we got to get some yes. Gatorade, some, something. But when you look back on it, like I see all these images, like you said, of guys on planes, like they kind of get out of the chair. <laughs> they get and out of their see seat. It happening. It's like a hammer and you're like, oh, gosh. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden it's like rigor mortis kicked in and they drop. Like and then they're, they're running in the, ice they're to in them, like, like. They're, they're in the exit row, like <laughs> yeah. laying flat, and yeah. people are like, "Yeah, the trainers are running up." And anyway, oh, so the man. guy, the, one of our D tackles, is on the ground writhing in pain. He's 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 um, what's the word? Gyrating. <laughs> and he looks like a sizzling bacon, like he's just cooking on the field. Beelan's crushing. And 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 Beelan <laughs> runs over and he's no like, mercy. "Hey, son, what are you doing, son? Get up, that's soft." And and next oh. thing you know, Beelan, I see Beelan's trap. <laughs> And Beelan twists his shoulder, and I'm like, oh, no, is Beelan's shoulder cramping? Is his trap? And then it's his neck, and then it's his low back, and then Beelan's got a hamstring cramp, and then Beelan's on the ground sizzling bacon right next to the player that he was just yelling at. So you got two dudes 25 years apart in age. One's a coach, one's a player, but at that moment, they were on the same level, and that was on the field. Hey, the funniest part of that whole story was not watching them ride in pain next to each other and the irony of it all. It was when I walked in the training room, they were on the, the table right next to each other hooked up to IV bags. And it all started because a coach was yelling at a player for having a full body cramp. And was calling him soft. Like, you're so soft. Like, yeah. you're so weak. Like, like I'm sorry, there's like, nothing. Like, you're so weak. It's there, like. There's nothing I can do about it. My body has said enough. When oh. God created human beings or evolution took over, whatever you believe, we skipped a step. It's like the Industrial Revolution. We went from zero to 100 with pro football. Like cavemen were not supposed to do this. There was nothing. This is not natural. My body has said, no, I'm not doing it. It's too hot out here. I'm going to You push your body that much, and it's the the force coming back at you, too. Yes. I mean, you're going – I mean, you're pushing. These guys are 300-pounders going right at each other. It's just something's got to get. And the older you get, you're in camp, you wake up, you go outside, and all of a sudden, you're usually staying in a hotel. So you go outside, and usually you go in through the back entrance because you don't want to go, you know, players don't go through the front, so you don't have to mingle with regular people because, God forbid, we talk to normal people. Um, you know, we, we got to just talk to each other for three weeks and stay at the uh, at the Sheraton 
and go out through the back exit to this this private parking lot wherever you played i guarantee mm. you we all had this experience you walk out the first thing it hits you in the morning during training camp is you breathe the 105 air oh, in. Yeah. it hits you like a wet hot blanket yeah. and then you smell basically burning garbage because the door to the back door to the hotel that players go through is always Isn't next though, to the garbage. That's a that's that's a like very insightful. But that's so true. It always it's always right next to like trash, and it's like the you night go before the kitchen. they have it all the yep. dishes piled you got up. Your own and you elevator, come through, right? Because sure. we got we gotta be sequestered. A, that's pretty good. And then you walk out, wet blanket, heat stroke. You're sweating immediately, like you said. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh. This garbage smells terrible, but it's not going to smell as, as as bad as we're going to smell. As we're going to smell, we're going to smell awful here in a little bit. And so that's training camp, and that yeah. and that's and on New Orleans though, there's a couple things floating in the air. You know Drew Brees really well. Really yeah. well. One thing, tell me one thing that makes him great, or an anecdote uh, that illustrates why he's great. I mean, I think he's a technician. I mean, I think he's he's so precise and he's so well prepared. I mean. You know, like all the great quarterbacks, he lives, you know, lives in the film room, lives to break stuff down. But the way he goes through a practice is so methodical, yeah. like to his steps. Like when you see him in walkthroughs, it's uh, it's kind of twitchy. He's, like, he's kind of like jerky twitchy. But, I mean, he'll literally go through a walkthrough rep in the hotel where he's taking his drop. And in his mind, he's like, I'm throwing here, and then I'm coming here. And if it's cover three, I'm going over here. And he'll, like, pump fake. And like, kind of point to you, like, I'm coming here, I'm coming to you next. He's like, cover two, I'm coming here, I'm coming. Like, and he'll go through it so methodically. And, you know, I think when you watch him play, he gets this, he gets this, um, this feel and this understanding with his receivers, and they do it in practice. And he gets these throw down, throws down. You see it in the game where it looks like he's looking over the line. And I think he throws, I think he throws some things blind. Yeah. I think he throws things blind, but he's so, Good and has done it in his mind yeah, so many times. Yeah, he's turn and he knows it's there. It's he like knows, a, he kind of sees it, and he throws it, and the ball is there, and it's unbelievable to see when he can just cut it loose and the ball goes. I mean, he's just like I said, he's really a technician when it comes to how he prepares and how he goes through his steps in practice. But a lot of guys in the NFL that are that branded, and he's very branded. Now, don't think I'm going somewhere I'm not. I love Drew Brees. He's very, he's very cognizant of his brand. He's very positive. He's doing the pump up speeches. He doesn't cuss, yeah. you know. But I think what you see is what you get with him. He's actually yeah. the genuine article. Genuine. Where some guys, I'm like, ah, it's kind of, I, I, I know you. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not fake. It's not fake hype, and and you know he got away with some of the pregame talks, but it's a lot of just his energy, like ready to get, let's go to battle, like yeah. let's get together, like this is what we prepared for, let's yep. go. You know, he, he's probably harder on himself than anybody. I mean, somebody's like he misses a couple throws and you might get the helmet slammed yeah. down or yeah. like some four letter words like mad at himself. Yeah. Um, so he does cuss. Confirm. Yeah, he does cuss. Now Phil, Phil Rivers, does not. Phil does not. I contend that he wants and I'm not cussing for this whole pod, it's an experiment, but so I'll take a break. One time I heard him say bitch. I yeah, I, I I don't know if I don't I've, I mean I've never heard it. I mean I was with him for three years. I mean, we even had a softball league together where we're fired up i mean he wore like a mullet coming out playing shortstop on a like an old men's league softball team we're just grinding and you out did there. say that he is and we'll, let's, let's take it one team at a time so you got the saints you've got you've got breeze who's a meticulous technician yeah. he's a perfectionist 
Perfection. And, and I say that That's he's genuine good. because I saw Reggie Bush take a video of him when Reggie was doing a, a game. It was before he went to break the record. And you saw that's like, him. This is why he's great. That's him. And and most people they'd be like, oh, it's so staged. Like he knows it's not, the media. It's not. It's that's not. What he does that like on a that Friday video, after like, I saw, through, an Yeah, hour I saw that. I saw that video and like the way he was like taking his drops and going through his progressions. That's how he is in all walkthroughs. So that's how he is like all the time. Like I'm telling you, like the hotel you go through the openers. Like everybody starts with like a 15 play script or something. Yeah. And it's basically you want to. Get the defense's coverage in. Well, you always go through these openers in the hotel room. He's in the hotel room, like going through each of his progressions. Like this is where I'm going with the yeah. ball, and this is how I'm getting to you. And you kind of know, coverage-wise, this is how this is what you're looking at. And and so I guess I'm wondering then, knowing how much he puts in the football, he's got a beautiful family. I'm sure he's got a ton of passions outside of it. How much longer does he have? And what the hell is he gonna do when he gets done? Yeah, I don't. I mean, he's got those three boys that are just wild. I mean, they are, they are full energy, man. I mean, they, I don't know if you ever like after the games or was he like in the uh, was it the Pro Bowl a couple years ago? He was like trying to do an interview, and his and boys are like up. on the field, yeah. like wrestling, yeah. and he's like he kind of gets mad. He's like, guys, like the game is going on. Right. Um, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be coaching. He'll probably be out in California, like Del Mar. I think he's got a spot out there. He so California. he'll move back to Cali, you think? Probably. Um, you know, I think he spends a lot of off off season there. Um, I think they enjoy it there. I mean, the, the weather, the schools are pretty good. But um, yeah, he's ingrained. Like when he's like when when the season comes, like you're you're invested. Yeah. Like I remember we had a sleep specialist come in. Like we brought in a sleep specialist to help guys like understand sleep, and you like kind of like a counselor to help young guys, but really like informative stuff. And he was like so intrigued by her and was always meeting her like how much do i how much sleep do i really need because she was like big on like this rem yeah, like yeah. realm sleep yeah. or whatever rem sleep or rem, something rem realm. something i don't know what, what it was it's but like the first four hours you need to function yeah and then like the next four hours is like where your brain compartmentalizes what you like learn throughout the day yep. and he's like like a like a kid studying like how much do I really need? How can I get to I the? Yeah, how can I get to this stage? And I don't know all the right names right. for him. Like, how, do, how can I get to this stage? Well, what if I took a nap here and like, so you know he's like pushing, pushing for time to get all the stuff that he wants to get in. There, he's the perfect um, marriage of obviously ability um, and smarts, but also it seems like, and there's guys like this in the building, and we all know them because in pro football a ton of resources are gonna be made available to adult men. It's not like college right. where you have to go see a sleep specialist or uh, you know, a nutritionist or a sports psychologist. Like teams have, he seems like a guy who would take advantage of all of them. Oh, 100%. Because the, he wants to leave no stone unturned. So yeah. the question I would ask. Any advantage he can get. Do you think that he's gonna be the type that will be able to know, and I don't think he's there by any stretch of the imagination. He looked great in stretches this year. I also think that his arm being fresh at the end of the year, due to the injury uh, to the thumb, helped him down the stretch. So I think next year will be more telling than this year to see where he's at. Do you think he's going to be a type that can say, this is the time I get out? Or do you think he's going to be a type that just is going to ride it till the wheels fall off? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. And I know he always, he always sits back and tries to weigh, you know, the family, his boys, like where they're at. Yeah. Um, and I mean, clearly he's doing it for the strictly the love of the game. I mean, yeah. it's clearly not for the money or 
Um, you know, he's chasing another Super Bowl. I mean, I clearly think he's he's just dying to get another Super Bowl. And it's almost like you win it early. You're like, it's almost like you didn't win it at all. You might feel yeah, like if you're and, that competitive, and it's been a decade. And just me kind of playing with him and kind of looking at him, I feel like he's always had like, you know, undersized, like, you know, the whole thing in San Diego, and yep. you know, it's just like I feel like he's l just trying to prove everybody, like I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw for 400 yards on yeah. everybody, like, yeah. and he just goes about it that way. I think he's just it came, the underdog. Did it, kind did it of come thing. from the the San Diego situation where he felt like they kind of passed? Well, that up. came out, didn't it? Some like article of the coach was that'd be the worst mistake you ever made. Like, now there's that, 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 and stuff, I believe but, that. I believe that. I don't know if you uh, think it sounds like him or not. I mean, I can I can see that. I mean, he's I mean he's fiery. Um, I just yeah, like going to. Is, is like Purdue, like not like a big, huge school, I guess. I mean, you know, I mean, I just feel like he's always trying to out, like always trying to prove his worth, like always trying to come out and get you, like really wants to, like legitimately wants to go out and beat you, yeah, like into the dirt, like yeah. beat you in the ground. Like, I remember when I first got there, it's funny coming from Denver where our defense was phenomenal yeah. and offense, we're just letting like hold the ball, like right. get field goals. And I get down to New Orleans, and at that time, our defense wasn't that great, but. He's like, like, we're scoring every time we touch the ball. Yeah. He's like, I don't ever want to punt. Yeah. And like, very serious. Like, no, when we touch the ball, we're scoring. And we're, scoring, touch, and we're scoring touchdowns. That's the expectation. He's like, I'm scoring touchdowns. Like, I want to cut you up. Like, like methodically go through and figure out what you're doing, how you're trying to beat me, and I'm going to hit you with some home runs. And uh, and I think that's, you know, that's Sean, too. Sean's one of the best minds in the game. So minds. going from, and you've been, you've played with a lot of good quarterbacks. I mean, you played with Tony Romo. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, is about to make bank playing. Oh, my gosh. They said like 10, 14 are million. Are you surprised at how good he oh, has, is at his man. job? You know what? I'm happy. I think I'm he's happy tremendous. for him. Yeah, I think he does a good job. I think, he, I think he's like colorful, like kind of. Makes fun of himself a little bit. Yeah, he does, I mean, he does. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 good, and I'm and I'm really happy for him. The quarterback of the Cowboys is that pressure right there in itself is just well, kind of ridiculous. It's funny. Um, he doesn't have the Monday night job. Um, you know, Booger has that job, and you know, people feel how they feel about Booger. But mm -hmm. uh, I think what what's interesting is he did. He he goes from Dallas quarterback to the color commentator on one of the most popular networks and the most popular sport in the world. And it's so easy to sit at home and crap on coordinators. Yeah. Or, you know, not coordinators, uh, commentators. It's easy to crap on the coordinators, too. <laughs> um, he went from what the job that everybody says they'd want, but probably is the hardest job in the world, which is the Cowboys uh, quarterback, yeah. to talking about football in front of millions of people every Sunday. And those are pressure-packed jobs. Yeah, but like I said, I think he's doing a good job. I'm, he, I'm did, no, I think he's job. great. I think he's the best. Does he does he is he pretty cool under pressure? He was yeah. Is that kind of I mean that, that was kind of I mean that was kind of understood. I think he really understood the situation he was in in Dallas. Yeah. As in, like there's nothing. There's so much media in Dallas, and they have to fill up the slots. And there's nothing better than building this guy up so he can have a bad game to tear him down. Mm -hmm. And they just they're just waiting for that slip up to tear him down. But good news is. Everybody likes that comeback game yep. to build him back up. Yep. And it's just this huge, like, roller coaster of emotion. Any of these big market teams. Yeah. And it's just like, you're the, like, it's like they always say, it's like you're the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they always, like, when we were there, it's like, you know, the New York Yankees, Manchester United, the Dallas Cowboys, like, big franchises, like, worldwide franchises. 
and it's like it's hot you have generational fans people who are fans like great grandparents or like diehard fans and people feed into it like the media is just on you for every little thing and when you're the quarterback it's the top spot you got all the pressure but there's the upside though too Oh, it's it's great to let me tell you. If you're winning yeah, in I Dallas, think, I think you loved it. Yeah, there. when you have a star on your helmet and you're in Dallas and you're winning, life's pretty good, man. It's pretty nice. You can hunt wherever you want to. Yeah, hunt. you go hunting. I'm big hunter. Like you get all these ranches letting you come down, but the restaurants are nicer. Like you just people want you in there. Yeah. Like people want to be around you. Yeah. Um, like I, I was drafted there, so I was a young twenty year old there. It was it was pretty nice. Yeah. And, and, of course, honey. Come on, man. Charlotte's. I'm wearing little, camo pants. I'm also young. Yeah, I was like, you know what I mean? Walked like, right out of the woods. <laughs> um, was there one cowboy? And there's a ton of personalities. I might have a feeling who you might say, but that was the most under, misunderstood. Ooh, misunderstood. Who were you thinking I was going to say? Well, I'll let you think about it. Now I want you to tell me who you thought I was going to say. I think you were going to say Des. Misunderstood. I, I listen. I'll tell you what, Des actually is a grinder yeah which is like i don't know how people i don't know how people perceive des like with the, the media perception I think, is he's a yeah. wide receiver diva and it's not true yeah he's actually a, a tough ass football player that was super competitive i think i think des needs good people around him so he can't scatter brain and go in different directions but when he's playing football like he loves the game i remember when he was a rookie like he hated to be tackled not in the sense where he hated the contact he didn't think people could tackle him. He mm -hmm. literally, in his mind, practice game was like, y'all are going to have to bring three or four people over here to get me down. And we used to be on special teams and be like, eventually, man, on special teams, you got to go down. Like he, I right. think he tore his ankle up doing that. Right. He would like wrapped up, and he'd still be spinning right. and twisting and contorting. I'm like, you're going to get hurt, man. I was like, eventually, it's like they got you, especially on teams when guys are getting a 60-yard deal. But he just won the ball. He always wanted to play catch like, I like Des. I was always throwing to him. Little known, little known fact is we had some quarterback issues, and uh, I was like the emergency quarterback. You yeah. know, every time he's got like emergency, like a receiver, like emergency, like the worst e case. The, the Eagles could have used you. Yeah, like worst case. So I used to throw slants to him after practice on Fridays that one year, and like he was the greatest guy. He's like, oh, I love it. He's like, yeah. JP, we get in there, man. Yeah. I'm gonna kill him on the slant, man. Yeah. I'm gonna kill. I'm like Des, yeah. dude. I love you, bro. But Just you guys, you, you, you guys were cool. Well, that's why I had yeah. a feeling because. You know, I think people think of Dez as this big issue because America's team playing the position where you do have a lot of divas, yeah. and big personalities. But for me, I always looked at it like I'd rather have to reel somebody's passion back in than yeah. make them care about busting their ass in the field. And his problem was never effort. But I think some people you look at he, it. He gave great effort. He worked hard. He could really catch the football. Um like in his young career, he would like the passion thing. He would like get in arguments with like the opposing coach, like or like just like Sean, like Sean I'm gonna Payton, like I want to crush you Sean up. Sean Payton gets in arguments. Oh, he gets player. fired up too. He gets fired up too. But we used to have to like rein him in. Like I just always remember like that is like stop wasting energy yeah. telling this guy you're gonna beat him. Just go beat him. Yeah. And I don't don't yeah, don't yelling. waste that. Don't waste your energy now. Like, it's you're a long yelling. it's a long game. But um, fired up man. Like he could really catch the football. I was. I mean, I really like, like I said, he needs good, I think he needs a good structure in place for him to keep him, like, it's just everybody gets there, you have bad influences in your life, yeah. and I think he just needs a good structure to keep him kind of kind of focused, but once he's there, I mean, he's So you know, who, who was, was there somebody that used to catch a lot of unnecessary flack and you thought was 
I mean, there's so many guys that are. I feel like I feel like the question was guys that are like misunderstood. I'm not sure exactly the. Well, Marty, the way Marty was very misunderstood. You play with Martellus yeah. Bennett. Marty. Had, Marty might be misunderstood, but Marty, also perfectly understood at Marty's, the same time. I feel like Marty's got a lot of lot of different avenues, a lot of different personalities that he taps into. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, he sure does. But like six six. 280 pounds. Could have played tackle, could have oh, played tight end. Used to play could've... basketball with him all the time, doing 360 dunks. I'm like, that's that's not right. Yeah, that's not right. That's I, not I right. don't have that in the tank. Yeah. So so you played in, in Dallas, and then you you played in San Diego, and this is uh, when I first called you today. I said, you want to hop on the show? You see who retired? Your buddy, Antonio Gates. That's him. What sums him up? And, you know, his 16-year Hall of Fame career, all that stuff, but the personality, because I don't feel like anybody knows him. Oh, he's a great dude. I mean – you know, football-wise, I was talking to you today, football-wise, his ability to stop and start, I feel like what made him so great. That and Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Because them two were like two kids in the backyard playing ball. And he had that leeway we are talking about, like with linebackers. He had that leeway to like, when I have you beat, you're beat. Yeah. Whether that's at five yards or 12 yards. Like when I run a quarter route, corner route, I'm breaking it at 10 yards. Give or take a yard, that's where I'm breaking. Yeah. If that's what the sheet says, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Antonio's like, I'm going to play basketball, and I'm going to find your leverage. And when I beat you, then I'm breaking, and Phillip's going to have that quick release and sling it to me, and we're getting the first down. Yeah. Um, so that's football-wise. Personality-wise, uh, I love Antonio, man. He's always cutting it up, always laughing, a very likable guy, Yeah. Um, a great locker room guy, like always playing cards, like playing the little basketball games, like chopping it up with young guys, old guys. Like it didn't matter if you were just got there as an undrafted rookie. He'd be like, hey, man, like shoot a couple foul shots on yeah. a little mini hoop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And his laugh is very infectious, like always wants to laugh, like crack a joke. Um, really a good team guy, great teammate. Like had a lot of dinners with him, hanging out, played a lot of cards on the planes with him. But, is he uh, any good? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, he's, got I used some, to, he's got some of JP's money. I used to. I used to claim he would cheat in spades. We played a lot of spades, and I'd be like, "Stop giving signals, man! Like, stop giving the signals." Like spades. If y'all know the spades, the partner game, and it's a notorious cheating game. With, I like, stay out of signals. that whole thing. Um, you know, because I look up there on the plane. And I've various times in my career seen guys gamble a lot of money away. Oh yeah. Card. Yeah, I mean, I try to stay out of the big. Like the big one was Bure, which is like a version of spades, and mm -hmm. I'm just like that's that money gets crazy. I mean, yeah, what's the craziest you saw the money getting? I mean, we're not gonna put a name on the, I the city. I won't. Yeah, I won't or put the, or the franchise. We both played on. Yeah, respectively combined ten franchises. I think so. You know, like seven franchises. So yeah. don't assume that it's any of the places we played. But do you have a, a high number that you saw? And I I had a a flight back a three hour flight back where a rookie lost like roughly forty five k and it was like oh and God. and a guy that he lost Just it to which don't was, get off the plane yeah which was funny because one of the guys it's like an IOU game which is so funny it's like Dumb and Dumber like IOU and you've got these guys literally with these little napkins of like IOU ten grand like, so that's a car it's like stupid it's exactly what he did he rolled in he was like I think I'm gonna go buy me a car with my Bure money I can't tell you how much money he won but he the was winner. he was holding the big note on that forty five k. 
And he was like, I'm just going to go buy a car and I'm going to drive. And he told him, like, like, drive you, it every if day. You, if you take $45,000 from me, you're going to get it, but I'm going to have to fight you. Just, oh, like, man. It's... I'm going to fight you because I'm so mad at you. And oh. then I'm going to give you the money in principle because I lost it for being an idiot. I couldn't sleep. That's I mean, why I would, it would never, just, never. It would be awful. That's ridiculous money anyways. But yeah. um, So, Phil, might be his last year, might not. What's your read on that? I think he still wants to play. I think he still wants to play. I mean, he's he's so competitive. He's such a competitive dude. Um, and, and I think if he gets the right opportunity, the right situation, I mean, everybody keeps saying the the Colts thing with Frank because yeah. Frank was out there as quarterback's coach and yeah. our OC. Um, a lot of guys actually from that early San Diego team I was on coaching out there. But, I mean, you know, he likes Tennessee – um, you know, he's kind of from that. I area think Tannehill's got to go easy, man. But, I think my, my boy Ryan Tannehill's got that on lock. Right yeah, he, I mean, I'm, they're looking pretty good right now. So it's just think, a lot you think, of. You think Indy's a possibility? You think maybe Tampa with uh, Bruce Arians? He 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 did the Carson Palmer thing, where yeah. he had a guy who was up there in years. Obviously, Carson wasn't as old as uh, Philip is right now, um, but I could see that they got weapons yeah. down there. Defense is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options. When you look at the outside of football, though, I mean, he's got like, oh, my gosh, what is that, like a 13-person family now? I mean, he's got to uproot a lot of people. Yeah, it's like I think he has to weigh that in. You get to these guys that have these family deals. You know, when they moved to L.A., I don't think he was a big fan of the move to L.A. I know. I think he wanted to stay, like, he wanted to stay in San Diego. He thought it was San Diego. And he wanted to be there. I think he might even have a place down in. So we might be on or something. And you know who's so down there? First. You know who's down there? The quarterback whisperer. <laughs> He's been whispering to Jameis awful. And Jameis doesn't want to throw the ball to his teammates. He wants to throw the ball to the other team. I think that him, if Phillips still got it physically in Bruce Arians' offense, for one or two years would be a nice way to ride off in the sunset for him. I mean, I would come out of retirement and go down to Tampa you and would. play. I, I, I never would, actually said I would retire. I would, I would, I would, I would come out of retirement. I would come out of retirement to go down there and play with you and Bo Allen. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, if Philip Rivers goes to uh, Tampa, let's go. Huh. Um, now, with Phil, we said he doesn't cuss, but he's wildly competitive. You told me a story about softball. Oh, Love it. We had a, yeah, our softball team was great. He wore like a mullet, like with the band, like the big mullet wig, um, and like not a good shortstop either. Like you want like a real mobile. I w- nobody here thinks that Philip Rivers is a mobile quarterback, but he did. But he was our he was our shortstop man. He was our shortstop, and he could still sling it over there. But he man. made sure. Oh yeah, he could still get it over there. But it was like so competitive. I remember a softball game we literally lost in like a championship game or something, and I'm. Like, you know me, I'm so good, but I'm like, I'm fuming. Like, I don't want to talk to, like, I'm ready to, like, punch somebody. But there's, like, families. Yeah, it's like, it's like an old, like an old man, like an older gentleman's league, should I say. And we're in the parking lot, and me and him just sit in the parking lot for, like, 30 minutes. And just talking about, like, what went wrong <laughs> with our softball <laughs> play. And I'm like, I'm so mad. He's like, I'm mad. He's like, what do you want to do? We're going to play basketball. Like, what do you want to do? Let's go play another yeah, sport. He's, he's like, yeah. He's like, can we go win at what, another sport? What can we do right now? Because we're fuming because we lost the softball game. But the funniest game. thing about the whole thing is that 
the elephant in the room was that he was a crappy shortstop and, and not athletic <laughs> I enough. I didn't think that he was a good. No, it was a good fit, but no. you're the you're the but captain, he made man. Sure yeah, you're the he captain. Was like, you're playing. I'm the shortstop. Yeah, clearly. I'm good enough to clearly. be the shortstop. <laughs> That's it. And I can do it. That's it. That's so, it. It was a legit softball team, though. I have to say, we had Danny Woodhead out yeah. there in center field. Him and Eric Weddle, like, don't hit the ball in the air. Somebody's catching it, and we were bad. We were yeah. bad. We yeah. struggled. Our back, Weddle back should in, have been the shortstop oh, or Weddle, a second baseman. Easy. Weddle played center. Him and Danny were like, you play with like four outfielders, play yeah. an extra player. So they were like our two center fielders, yeah. and they caught everything. I know how to do. And softball. we could, and Weddle could crush. Weddle's one of the best all around athletes as far as like basketball, golf. Yeah, I can like see that. Like he can do like everything. Like that. he's one of the best sports guy. Pound for pound, just go out there. I can play it. Yeah. Um, Not me. But our back lineup and that softball team hit a lot of pop ups. Like, come on, guys. Well, okay. can everybody be a home run hitter? You know what I mean? You got to know your role sometimes. Know your personnel. So so it might be some big changes coming in L.A. I keep saying San Diego because yeah. we're toggling back. Now, I, I don't know that, that Phil retires, but we were just talking about a, a very shocking retirement in Luke Keekley. In yeah. fact, we all learned about it as you walked in the yeah. building. What do you make of these guys leaving early uh, with health concerns? And then you, somebody who – and we talk about this very openly before the struggles that come with retirement or yeah. am I done? Or like, you know, we both left the game this year. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the mental side of it? The fear of breaking your body of staying too long. I think it's, it's, it's per individual in each case and in each guy, I think, I think the information is out there and I think guys now are a whole lot smarter than I am Yeah. or, or, don't sell like was sure. like they really study like these concussions are serious yeah i mean the research is out there they're pretty pretty serious like these injuries i mean i we all know players that have played and, and and played too long yeah i mean i played with a lineman one time i remember he retired he had a bad year and we were out having some drinks one night in the off season he was like i should have retired because i played one year too long he's like I, i'm not gonna be able to play with my son like he had a bad hip like he worked yeah. on his hip and he just kept playing through it um and it's hard for me because I'm always been the guys like I just love it. Like I'll play until I can't play anymore. Right. Like if somebody called me up, it's like you want to come hit some people. I'm like, yeah. But I think people now are smarter. They understand their bodies. I think people understand that there's a whole lot more to life after football. Right. Um, which is something I never. I was always just like I just want to play. I want to hit. Like I never. I never thought about busting the wedge. I was still a wedge buster when I first got in. Which, which and it's just yeah, like, and, thing. and I used to kind of pride myself on it. Like looking back at it, it's like, you know, Washington used to always run the four man wedge. And they had like Selleck and Alexander. They used to like knock people unconscious. Yeah. Like there's a play where Sean Lee got knocked unconscious. And I used to like, was like, well, it's my job. And be like, dude, right. go down there. I never was thinking about my head. I was thinking right. I need to blow this D tackle up running full speed so we can make a play. Right. Um, so to your point, I think guys are way more conscious than I was at 22. I was just trying to, whatever they told me to do, run through the wall, I would do. I think guys are like, listen, running through the wall is great until my head's done and I'm in my late 20s and I can't remember anything. Right. And we both have friends that we talk about who are like, dude, I, I forget stuff. Yeah. Like you're 20 years old and you've like, can't forget your kids at school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, it's like sad well, to talk it's, it's about, also, but it's it, like, but it's also, uh, it's also something you got to talk in terms of, we only know one thing. And that's like, I don't know what, how forgetful I'd be without football. 
I have ADD, dude. Like, <laughs> I have ADHD. I think we okay? all do. So <laughs> the, we can't ignore that factor. So when I forget that the shower's on and I go downstairs to cook, <laughs> cook eggs or something, that probably happens if I'm an executive yeah. at a local bank. Yeah. Like, that's just the way I'm wired. So, but I think what makes it scary is our antennas are are tuned to look for things that are signs of, all right, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I got hit in the head too much. Or And that's know, what you think about. Like like for us, we think, well, there was a cause and effect. Yes. To it. Like, wow, like I My wife and, forgets shit. My yeah, wife never got exactly, hit stuff. Stuff. You cussed one other time too. I let it slide though. Really? Yeah. What did I say? It was it was the A double S. A, a-, a- hole. Yeah, but, yeah, but I was, was uh, I was trying not to say the S word or the F word. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, not saying the F word is good. I mean But I forgot to, yeah, the, to the point. It's all good. To the point. You forgot. Uh, there's ever, two ways you forget can happened to me. Ron so, White. So uh, what were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> any, but, but I think there's that and then there's also the existential crisis of leaving football, something you've been doing since you're a kid, and we both on different yeah, levels and probably so struggle hard. with it, uh, you know, quietly or out in the open. Yeah. It's, it's not easy and there's no easy way to just it's snap not easy. your fingers. Yeah, it's, no, it's not an easy transition. No. But, and like, some people say like the courage or the, the ability to walk away. I mean, Luke is like, he's one of the best linebackers playing. Yeah. I mean, I told you this, like when we found out and I walked in, I'm like, I used to, like there's some defensive guys you watch on film that you enjoy watching. I'm like, this guy, his reads are so quick. It's like you can't ever do the same thing twice to him. Like yeah. he'll you'll run one play and you might get him or it happens. And as soon as he sees it, like the play is like just starting and he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm shooting this A gap and I'm tackling you for a loss. And it's like those instincts, those abilities to see stuff with to, the athleticism. Oh yeah. I think he code. was just really good. But I, I remember the earlier podcast the one where he got hit and uh he was emotional which is a side effect by the yeah, way it is, uh, it's yeah. a, and i've seen a couple guys but i never want to assume that it was he could have been frustrated yeah I, but i think it was but the, i've seen I a couple was, guys get hit and that's kind of a reaction and that's just scary to see and that's got to be scary for his family like your parent like when you see that when you see a guy go and it, i mean it's like when you see a boxer you or somebody get knocked out exactly it's like it's it's scary you worry about your mental health for the longevity of it. I mean, I'm sure he's made unbelievable money there in yeah, what, eight it, years, it, but eight years, wait, is he 28? I think I saw. Yeah. It's, 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 it's early so. for a football player, especially of his caliber. And even like, listen, you, like I said, you got kids. Imagine you go back, you take one hit the wrong way. Your kids are old yeah. enough to see you on the field twitching or like yeah, you don't your want legs the, side yeah, you don't sideways. Wanna, you don't want your or, kids to see that. Or you get up crying from a concussion. Like, yeah. That's just like that stuff can scar people, yeah. you know, like, and um, that's the reality of the game. And we love the game. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, when I walked away and we talked about this a lot, like I was a little bit torn. I hated yeah. so much of pro football, but I still love Sunday. Yep. And I still know I could play still. I think we both feel that way about, you know, respectively, you know, we, we both think we can still play, but you know, getting out of the game with your health and, and uh, you know, spending time with your kids and you got kids, it's, it's, it, it is a great trade-off. I mean, I think summing up retirement for me, and it's weird, it's your first fall back in Charlottesville. First off, for you, from Bath County, Virginia, <laughs> who hates electricity, he hates, you know, like... Uh, he, I don't like he crowds. Hates, he hates I don't TV. like crowds he back there. He hates TV. Like, 
people bumping into you has always been like he's a, a log know. cabin guy oh 100 percent. i always this, this i always sh- say the the last frontier like if if my wife would be up for it i could go live like that Out well nikki house, is a saint who, but in absolutely her, in her own absolutely. right was a tremendous athlete really good. great soccer player professional all american here yeah. all american at uva so she so we 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 hit it out of the park we have athletic no doubt. so no doubt. our kids might be athletic oh yeah and she puts up with me which is well she does and right that's there. my point is like <laughs> the 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 twisting of your arm to move to a city of fifty thousand. Oh yeah was like you'd have thought you were moving to uh you know um i don't know shanghai yeah it's from uh, bath county um but this is your first fall yeah and I, I would sum it up like this. For me, at least, it's okay, man. Like, the highs aren't as high, but you don't have the lows. Yeah. It's just smooth. It's smooth. And if you can get used to living a smooth life and we're conditioned to live in this highly, ad- I don't know if there's a word, adrenalized or adrenaline, like your adrenaline is constantly working as a pro football player year-round. You're never comfortable. You don't, th- even in the off-season, it's a dark cloud is looming over mm-hmm. you. Am I doing enough? You know, what's it going to do the month there. before camp? Always like, there. Good enough you're shape. You're used to being under stress. So when the, it's almost like when they take the stress away from you, if you don't think of it the right way and identify and be self-aware with the fact why you're uncomfortable is that you're used to being stressed, it's okay to be relaxed and oh. to be a little bit bored sometimes. I think that's what guys struggle with as much as anything. I don't so, think you can handle that well. I don't, what, think, I don't me, think you do good with like boredom. I don't do good with boredom. I think that's you why need, I'm doing I think, a podcast. Yeah, I think you have to have. Am I right? I'm pretty good with that, right? Reed's like, looking at me to, like, like, yeah, this dude's insane. Got to get going. I mean, he was at 4 a.m. and we're here doing a podcast. He's like grinding. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I just think that's retirement in a nutshell. And we can get into another time in depth on retirement. These Before I let you go, you're a great football mind. You look at these coaches, you, you know a little bit about them, probably varying degrees. Give me one pro hire you really like. Stefanski got hired today, Judge last week. You had Rule come from Baylor. Is there somebody that jumps out at you? I mean, I like what the Baylor guy is saying. Like, I've watched a lot of his, a lot of his stuff at a collegiate level, but I always hires. It's like, how are you going to do with this team? Yeah. You know, how is, you know, you come into Dallas and now you're a part of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And how is your offense going to work with this scheme, this guy? I literally, it's so cliche, but it's like every team has got its own little deals, own quarterback, run style, own DNA. Right. How much can you, you know, NFL difference, I can draft my personality. Right. You know, I can maybe draft more of my personality to fit in. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just so different. You know this, the NFL, like, winning and losing is so tiny yeah and some of those decisions the head guys have to make like and just be right there's like, no 41 and, yeah. there's no 41 seven games i mean there's yeah a few, but it's but... like that fourth and inches that you went for or didn't go for or this situation hey i'm telling my oc hey you yeah. got you got two downs to get it now yeah. or hey we're not punting here mm-hmm. on the fringe we're either going to get it or not you know those little decisions in a game can be huge between you know you're seeing like an, a nine and seven team getting in or, you know, an eight and eight team, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a, a team squeaking in or you're being, you know, you're at the bottom end of it. Yeah. You know, now you're seven and nine and you have no chance. And, I, and to your point, I mean? when he's a Baylor, he can one week, he, he can play a cupcake. And when you're at any college, you get a yeah. week off the stress. And that, was just, and, and that was just the guy that I was watching today. I think I was watching some, some talk he had and I yeah. was like, man, he's saying all the right stuff. Um, they all do. It's just, yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, I, I compare it to people that I've been with, and 
you know, I think you know this. I have a high respect for for Sean Payton. I think he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. I really do. In history. And he just the way he breaks stuff down, the way he can, like, and and the way he talks to players too, like the like, you know, every player is not treated equally, yeah. but every player is treated fairly. Right. Like he knows he can jump my butt, and it's going to make me more productive. Right. Like, or you know, he knows you can be like, hey, I don't, I don't like it. Like, I don't love it. Like, a tick wider on this motion to get this slant a little open, mm-hmm. or maybe we need to move. And you know, the the, the stories of him at three o'clock in the morning, like rolling in. And they do an hour or two hours on one play, and then he'll be like, "I don't love it. We're scrapping it." And then he's like, comes back, he's like, "I fixed it. I fixed it in my mind, and this is how we're going to do it." <laughs> I fixed yeah, it. Yeah, like my I fixed brain. it. And then you you run it on the game, and you have all this window dressing to throw a touchdown. But it's like that's what wins games. Yeah. And I, so like I really respect him, but he's he's proven it's hard to. Like it's, I a said, cra- each, it's a crap yeah, shoot. It each, is a crap like, shoot. It's like so hard to, to say I like this hire. And the only reason I threw his like I said, I don't even threw his name out of watching some now, interviews. Now you probably, like, right. you probably like the the last thing I'll ask you because you know Joe Brady, of course yeah. the LSU cat. Yeah. That was formerly with the Saints, and you knew him from from when he was young in the game. He is yeah. young. He was thirty years old, and that was like his first gig. He was, an, he was basically like a intern assistant. Yeah. But he spent a lot of time in that tight end room for two years. Like he was in our tight end room, mostly breaking down film with us and stuff. But so, so you know him. One, is he gonna be? Is he gonna work at the pro level, calling plays? Two, was it him or was it Joe Burrow this year? I mean, he had the guys. It's, it's a lot easier when you have the pieces, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think. I think you really show a coach when you don't have the athletes and you're successful. That shows your coaching. Uh, and there could be a little more pressure when you do have the athletes because you're supposed to succeed. Yep. So um, I think Joe did an unbelievable job in New Orleans of studying, understanding what Sean did, digesting it, taking notes, learning how to do that run game they do. But yep. the pass game, the understanding space, um, I think he digested that, did it well. And then he went into it's like a – a perfect storm. Yeah. I mean, you got the receivers, you got a guy that can throw any throw, big arm, yeah. can throw the home run, can throw the touch underneath. And when you have when you have the athletes and then you can put a system in, um, it's really good. It'll be interesting to see what he does when he's now in the front of that room. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, guys are looking at you. And you're 30. Yeah, and then he's never really had any failures either. It's all success. You're unde- you're undefeated as like a pass game coordinator. What's when the, when the stuff's going bad? How are you going to counter it? How are you going to? It's just a different and, game. And Collegiately, is different than NFL. There's yeah. the resentment factor of well, you got this job easy. The perception. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I wish and I hope he does well. Like yeah. I think he like he's, he's likable though. Yeah. He's likable. He's smart enough to understand. Hey, I'm going to learn from these guys, and I'm going to. He implemented it. They won. I mean, you're undefeated right now going in. I hope he does well. It's like it's at, you're 30 years old, though. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have guys older than him. Yeah, and, checking your temperature. Yeah, and you got to make sure. And that can, be a, that can be a pressure situation. I remember when I was in San Diego, I mean, we had a first-time head coach. And it's like, you know, it takes a little bit to understand. You're standing in front of a room with some grown men, and you got to – you can't fake a message in right. the NFL. I think in the NFL you can't fake – like you can't, you can't fake hype. People will call you out on it. They'll they'll let you know. It's a very upfront deal, which is why I, another reason why I love the business. It's like, you know, you, you, you like call people by their first names a lot. Yeah. Like it's like, hey, like we're we're in this together. Yep. We either win together, and if we lose, we're all getting fired. So right. let's just let's work together. Um, 
But hey, man, he's going to go there and figure out how they do it. See how they sling it around. He's going to get know, to see Sean twice a year, all too. All I know so. is David Tepper is not messing around. And this guy here knows about as much football as any dude I know. Uh, I mean, because you, you, you play with a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh-huh. You play with some great coaches. So great insight. Anytime you want to come back to the studios, yeah, man. coming to the big city, I know you're yeah, in the outskirts nice. now. But, nice. uh, but traffic's out of here, so we're good. We're yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like this late night thing. I don't know if yeah. Cowboy Reed likes it. Yeah, nice. Thanks for stopping by, bud. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, yeah. So that was John Phillips, uh, one of my favorite people. Again, roommate, teammate, 10 year NFL vet, really good player. Also, really bright football mind um, and played with Tony Romo, Drew Brees. Um, Philip Rivers, played for Sean Payton, uh, a bunch of bunch of really good coaches. A lot of coaches who are in the news right now, Jason Garrett. Uh, so it was really cool having my buddy in, and also really worldly guy. When you get past the camo pants, camo hoodie, camo bed sheets, all that stuff, he is the real deal. Though he's not a fraud uh, outdoorsman. He's like, he's like a Cabela's mannequin came to life and just went out in the woods and lived there intermittently. Um, But he's very worldly, very bright guy. Also, I've been known to Don Camo before. It's not like I'm, there's not, I got nothing against that. I love to hang out in the woods, but I'm like this training wheels outside guy. This guy is like part wild animal. So if you like having John Phillips on, we'll have him back. Um, haven't checked with him on his schedule and availability, but I will promise that. Also, if you like any guests we've had, comment. Uh, I do read that from time to time, although it's not good for my self-esteem if, it, if, if they're shitty comments, so try to be nice. Uh, if, if you think of a guest that you'd like to see on here and you haven't seen before, let us know. I was going to talk about the Rooney Rule, and I was going to talk about uh, Stefanski, but... We're going to put that in a totally different pod um, that we're going to release later today. We're running long. JP was supposed to be like a 20-minute interview. You kidding me? College roommate? It's going to be an hour. Um, So stay tuned for that one. It's going to drop later today. It's going to be all about, you know, the Stefanski hire, but how, you know, it plays into and relates to all the Rooney Rule chatter this past week. Um, by the way, I think he's a good hire, but we have to address the elephant in the room, which is um, the lack of black coaches being hired as head coaches in the NFL. And there's a lot to talk about. So 15 minutes, when I'm going to do it. Check it out later today. Also, look for us on Friday, dropping or Saturday morning, dropping another green light pod, another live watch this weekend with, uh, with Macon. And, and friends, maybe Coach Wookie, maybe another surprise guest. We had, God, who do we have the first week? We had, um, yeah, Rob Ninkovich. Then, then we had Steven Jackson this past week. So we had Big Cat, surprise, uh, surprise guest. So you never know who's going to pop up in these live watches. Check them out. Uh, check out everything we got going on on Chalk. Thanks for listening. And please, Later today, I'm going to talk about the Rooney Rule for an hour. If you're going to open it, don't complain about me talking about race. Okay? Deal? If you're going to complain about me talking about race, 
Just don't fucking open the video. I cussed. Sorry. I'm supposed to not cuss for this whole pod. I'll probably cuss later in, in, in the second video. But check it out. Please listen. Hear me out. Anyways, take care. Check all our stuff out.